You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Hey, welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast. Reading the Bible as a conversation here so that we can find our next best yes in our relationship with God. I'm excited. Today, we are starting a new season of the podcast. And here, new seasons simply mean a new focus on a different part of the Bible. And we just wrapped our season of the wisdom genre. And now we're going to go back almost to the beginning, not the very beginning. We read through Genesis in episodes 15 through 28 of the podcast. So if you missed those, I'd encourage you go back, binge those episodes, get caught up if you'd like. But today we're going to pick the story back up after Genesis comes to a close. So you may remember in Genesis, God promised to make Abraham into a great nation a people that he would call his own. And Abraham had a son, Isaac. Isaac had a son, Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. One of them, Joseph, ended up in Egypt where he rose through the ranks to become second to Pharaoh. And he stored up food to help not only Egypt survive a major famine, but also his family who moved down to Egypt to live with him. And that was the end of Genesis. So we pick up today in the next book, the book of Exodus. I'm calling this season of the podcast The Wilderness because it will track the story of God's people as they travel through the wilderness to get back to their homeland. Don't forget, we Christians are God's people today. But we can learn a lot from his chosen people, the Israelites, in how they interact with God. This is why we read the Old Testament. It's not written about us. It's not written to us, but it is written for us, for us to be able to learn from their examples, good or bad, to learn how God interacts with his people. And so we just have to find the metaphors, find patterns, see what they represent. And so when we read this, we find ourselves in wilderness seasons in our own life where we feel like we're headed toward where we need to be, but we're not there yet, right? When our our pace is faster than God's pace and when we get discouraged when we look at the emptiness around us. You know what I mean by a wilderness season? The story of Exodus and the following books of the Bible are a story of God's faithfulness to his people, even when his people take him for granted. What can we learn so that we can avoid a similar situation in our wilderness seasons? Let's start with Exodus chapters 1 through 4. Now, these are the names of the sons of Israel who came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon. Levi and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the souls who came out of Jacob's body were 70 souls, and Joseph was in Egypt already. Joseph died, as did all his brothers and all that generation. 
the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now, there arose a new king over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let's deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it happened that when any war breaks out, they also join themselves to our enemies and fight against us and escape out of the land. Therefore, they sent taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. They built storage cities for Pharaoh, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and the more they spread out. They started to dread the children of Israel. The Egyptians ruthlessly made the children of Israel serve, and they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and in brick, and in all kinds of service in the field, all their service in which they ruthlessly made them serve. The king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shifra, and the name of the other Puah, and he said, When you perform the duty of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it's a son, then you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and didn't do what the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the baby boys alive. The king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the boys alive? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women aren't like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. Because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, You shall cast every son who was born into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. A man of the house of Levi went and took a daughter of Levi as his wife. The woman conceived and bore a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months When she could no longer hide him, she took up a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and with pitch. She put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. His sister stood far off to see what would be done to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe at the river. Her maidens walked along by the riverside, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servants to get it. She opened it and saw the child, and behold, The baby cried. She had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? The Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. The young woman went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. The woman took the child and nursed it. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. In those days, when Moses had grown up, he went out to his brothers and saw their burdens. He saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his brothers. He looked this way and that way. And when he saw there was no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. He went out the second day, and two men of the Hebrews were fighting with each other. And he said to them who did the wrong, Why did you strike your fellow? He said, 
Who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you plan to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses was afraid and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and lived in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now, the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that you've returned so early today? They said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and moreover he drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Where is he? Why is it that you've left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Moses was content to dwell with the man. He gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. She bore a son, and he named him Gershom, for he said, I have lived as a foreigner in a foreign land. In the course of those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed because of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the children of Israel, and God was concerned about them. Now Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the wilderness, and came to God's mountain, to Horeb. Yahweh's angel appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the middle of the bush. He looked, and behold, the, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I'll go now and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he came over to see, God called out to him in the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, he said, here here I am. He said, don't come close. Take off your sandals, for the place you're standing on is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. God said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land, to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Now, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Moreover, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said to God, Who who am I, that that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, Certainly I will be with you. This will be the token to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and then tell them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, Well, what's his name? What should I tell them? 
God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, You shall tell the children of Israel this, I am has sent me to you. God said moreover to Moses, You shall tell the children of Israel this, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and tell them, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, has appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. I've said I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite to a land flowing with milk and honey. They'll listen to your voice. You shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall tell him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to Yahweh, our God. I know that the king of Egypt won't give you permission to go. No, not by a mighty hand. I will reach out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders which I will do among them. And after that, he will let you go. I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it will happen that when you go, you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor and of her who visits her house, jewels of silver, jewels of gold and clothing. You shall put them on your sons and your daughters. You shall plunder the Egyptians. Moses answered, But... But they won't believe me, nor, nor listen to my voice, for they will say, Yahweh has not appeared to you. Yahweh said to him, What's that in your hand? He said, A rod. He said, Throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and Moses ran away from it. Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand and take it by the tail. He stretched out his hand and took hold of it, and it became a rod in his hand. This is so that they may believe that Yahweh, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Yahweh said furthermore to him, Now put your hand inside your cloak. He put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, his hand was leprous, as white as snow. He said, Put your hand inside your cloak again. He put his hand inside his cloak again, and when he took it out of his cloak, it had turned again as his other flesh. It will happen if they will not believe you or listen to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. It will happen if they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, that you shall take of the water of the river and pour it on the dry land. The water which you take out of the river will become blood on the dry land. Moses said to Yahweh, oh, Lord, I, I'm not eloquent neither before you nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I'm slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Yahweh said to him, Who made man's mouth? Or who makes one mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Isn't it I, Yahweh? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Moses said, Oh, Lord, please, just send someone else. 
Yahweh's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Also, behold, he's coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. He will be your spokesman to the people. It will happen that he will be to you a mouth and you will be to him as God. You shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brothers who are in Egypt and see whether they're still alive. Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Yahweh said to Moses and Midian, Go, return into Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Moses took his wife and sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. Moses took God's rod in his hand. Yahweh said to Moses, When you go back into Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart, and he will not let the people go. You shall tell Pharaoh, Yahweh says, Israel is my son, my firstborn, and I have said to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. And you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your firstborn son. On the way at a lodging place, Yahweh met with Moses and wanted to kill him. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet, and she said, Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. Then she said, You are a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. Yahweh said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. He went and met him on God's mountain and kissed him. Moses told Aaron all Yahweh's words with which he had sent him and all the signs with which he had instructed him. Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words which Yahweh had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. The people believed, and when they heard that Yahweh had visited the children of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Moses suffered from imposter syndrome, disqualifying himself from the work God called him to do. Do you find yourself trying to convince God that you aren't the right person for him to use? If so, you're not alone, but there is a way through. I actually put together an imposter syndrome Bible study to help you learn from Moses' example and others in the Bible and fight insecurity with truth. If you'd like, you can download your copy at thegrovecreative.com. I'll put that link in the description for this episode. But just know, God doesn't make mistakes. If he's calling you forward, he's got a perfect plan. Trust him and be a part of it. That is the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.